1: Hello and welcome back to the Sunday League Pundits presented by Betway. I am Brett, joined by Waz today on this wonderful evening. I guess we're recording it on an evening. It depends on when you are listening to this, but we got a lot to talk about in the world of football, a lot to talk about in England. A Bundesliga race coming down to the wire here. You're disappointed by a team that was playing in the Champions League. I went to To an MLS game last week, and we all wrap it up with a little bit of Sunday league. This is going to be a fun episode, as always. Wazzy, how are you today? I I kind of disregarded you
2: in that old intro. I'm I'm doing good. It's beautiful outside here in Edmonton. I realized that um, my cardio is shit. Ah. I tried, uh, I was outside doing a little bit of jump rope before uh, this, and I lasted maybe 15 minutes. Fifteen minutes it's harder so- than I thought and you know my cardio's ass and <laughs> the schedule for a Sunday league came out and I'm yeah. um, looking forward to that depending on if we can piece together a roster
1: <laughs> it sounded like we're it's out, yeah it's the thing is is that we we'll, we'll talk about Sunday League a little later on but it sounds like we have a, a strength and a position that we haven't in a while. That's weird. But we'll see if we get there. But uh, let's start off with what's going on in the in world football and club football. Let's start off in England. And I want to start off with the news that at the moment is developing. But by the time this uh, podcast is out, it may be finalized. But it sounds like Chelsea has found their new manager. No, it's not Julian Nagelsmann. It is now the former coach of PSG. Maurizio Pochettino. At least it sounds like, as of right now, uh, is this the right guy? Was this like, we've been seeing everything that's going on with Chelsea. Their big spending habits. Everything basically about Chelsea has become Americanized. It feels like at least this is their third manager this year. Hmm. Fourth manager is it? Their fourth is their fourth technically. Yeah,
2: it's a great In- question. Honestly.
1: Pochettino really the guy that's going to come in and and change the guard here for the Blues?
2: Uh, Maybe. I mean, he has a kind of small habit, reputation of kind of building teams up, but Spurs gave him a lot of time to really work with what they had. And, you know, he took them to a Champions League final, almost won a couple trophies, but that's that's kind of Spurs' heritage, almost winning trophies. Um, With Chelsea, it's tough to say because they've had – Basically, no good run of form with any of their managers. They can win a game here or there, score a couple goals, but other than that, uh, yeah, he like he won league on with PSG. That's oh, not, the, not, not the greatest challenge.
1: And so, also, he would have lost it too because they would have, or he would have been the manager when so Lille won. No,
2: I know Wikipedia is not the best source, but you look at some of his honors individual achievements he won the premier league manager of the month in october 2013 september 2015 uh february 2016 and april 2017 so i don't think he was even a manager of the month of league One. it seems i don't even know if that's an award in league One. to be honest Probably um is. yeah
1: he would have been but, the manager though of psg when leal would have won that title
2: no uh he won league on in 2022
1: and then in is 2021 it would have been leal
2: I so, think yeah, so, yeah. would have been. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. what does that really say?
1: Lille mostly had a regression last year than anything else, so um, what does that say? But you do bring up a good point though Oz, with those those uh accolades, I guess. He did that in the Premier League. He did that with Tottenham. And the uh, Tottenham side that was, I mean, we've we've seen all the stories about that Tottenham team. It was a very interesting team with uh, Maurizio Pochettino, Then the reins were handed to Mourinho, but again, he did it all with the Premier League. So he does have Premier League pedigree, but this just seems a lot like they didn't get their number one guy in Nagelsmann, so their number two guy is going to be Pochettino. It just seems like it's a swing and a miss again from Chelsea.
2: I think the problem with Chelsea right now is they don't have an identity as a club. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like, let's uh, let's see what Pochettino brings. Let's see who who this guy brings. You know, it just it's kind of like, all right, you're a good manager. Can you please do something for us? Can can you just change the culture, change the identity at the moment? We have none. There's no structure. We have way too many goddamn players to deal with. Let's be honest. A lot of these Chelsea players also have not lived up to expectations. I think one, for example, is Kukurea. Yeah, I, I saw I saw somebody on Twitter say he's been kind of a flop. Jao Felix, what's he done, right? You know, it's, you know, you do, sure the manager takes some blame, but a lot of these players have not lived up to a standard they they have.
1: So I was stuck on Tuesday in Toronto, which happened to be uh, uh, Real Madrid and Chelsea. Mm -hmm. I saw by uh, Boston Pizza there, and they were showing the game on all the, 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 the TVs there. All of the fans that were there to watch were Real Madrid fans. So it was pretty easy to watch Chelsea get manhandled. But mm-hmm. it was evident there and in that room too that there was just no challenge from Chelsea. There was nothing being put on from Chelsea. You mentioned Kukareo, is relatively invisible. You mentioned uh, um, uh, Jao Felix as well, uh, relatively invisible. Yeah. Mudrik has been invisible as well since he came in, in, in as well. These are all guys who need to be better. He's James has been very good, but when he's on the pitch, he's not always been on the pitch. He's been, <coughs> excuse me, he's been injured. He's been out of the lineup. He has not been consistently in the lineup. And Mason Mount is the most overhyped player in the Premier League. Like this team just, doesn't have a lot going. I forget who it was who said it, and I'm I'm not saying it. I just want to preface this, but I, I somebody said that this team is almost closer to relegation than it is to a Champions League spot. Well, I mean, almost technically mm-hmm. is but right now. They're sitting what 11th in the Premier League, so like. Is this, are they in real trouble here? Like, are are we kind of seeing a potential downfall here? I I don't want to fall into. Uh, I don't know. the next Sunderland.
2: No, no, no. I just, I just think they might need a little bit more time to really kind of rebuild the structure of the club and what they want to look like at the moment. I I don't think they'll be. I think they'll be kind of in that fight for like, you know, eight to four Mm. for the next maybe a year, two years. I mean. It's t- tough to say because you look at a couple like Manchester United who bring on Briggs and Ten Hag and all of a sudden they're back in the top four and you know sure they've had some issues so far in terms of result but um, you look at Chelsea's lineup and there's just a lot of like I-, I don't know how to portray you have Raheem Sterling who's fine he's a good player but again Hakim been Z- injured too yeah injuries are a big, big problem Hakim Ziyech he yeah. hasn't really been anything in, under in Chelsea Mudrik you bring up. He's been a flop for that price tag. Good footballer, just hasn't done anything. And he's still young, so there's still time. He's twenty. 20- he's 22. I think there's a lot of expectations with what young footballers nowadays. Yeah. I think people expect a lot out of these 18, 20-year-olds, 20 22. These guys are still technically kids in some aspects. They're still growing up. Like, I, this is unrelated, but I believe, you know, men's brains aren't fully developed until 25 if you think about it, right?
1: Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. My girlfriend tells me that a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wonder my, where my, you my, got that number from. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, also you got Enzo Fernandez, 22 yeah. as well. So, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of pressure, expectations being put on the shoulders of these young Chelsea players, 22 years old. You know, sure, you see Holland, you see Mbappe, you see maybe Alfonso Davis. There are certain players who can really play at a world class level. At a young age but some players you know they can do they can't do it consistently they'll have a performance here and there that really stands out you know i think you look at billy gilmore a couple of years ago 18 he played some great starts i think was for chelsea and where is he now He does, he's not really talking about it much you would think by now billy gilmore would be a mainstay in this chelsea lineup with the way he kind of got um you know what's it, he, the spotlight was thrown on him right
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, 100%. And, yeah. and you mentioned, I think that's a really good mention too with Billy Gilmore. You can look at the the players on this team too, the younger players who have been either uh, shipped off for, for seasoning in the last couple of years or something like that. Like a Connor Gallagher who is now getting pumped up relatively well, but he hasn't had a great season at all for Chelsea as well. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys. I already mentioned Mujer, or, uh, Mount, excuse me, uh, Kai Havertz as well. Uh, Kai Havertz has probably been their best attacking mm-hmm. player. And I, 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 you all know my feelings towards uh, um, Christian Pulisic. So, yeah, it's just been very...
2: I, I think for Ch- Chelsea right now, I think what they lack, in a sense, is maybe experience. You know, I'm looking I'm trying yeah. to comp- I'm looking at their age. The ages of these players. Sure, they have Angolo Conte, who's a veteran in the Premier League. They've got Thiago Silva, they've got Cesar Azpilicueta, Koulibaly. So they do have some experience some veterans in there. You know, Edward Mendy's 31. So it's like I okay, I, I can't really use the experience yeah, as an excuse. But there are new
1: like, players coming in, don't.
2: Yeah. They?
1: And and the players who are supposed to be coming in to not change the story for this team because last yes. year they were a very good club or a relatively good squad and you and just a couple of years ago they won the champions league
2: yeah and like but
1: the players you know. that they're bringing in right now are not players who are helping them be take that next step take the step that they thought they were going to be able to take especially domestically and now we're seeing it on the international stage because if right now they stay where they're at domestically they don't even have to worry about the international mm-hmm. stage they have to worry about potentially what it smells like in Li- or in the championship
2: yeah and then like like uh, but and if I go back to the age thing I'm gonna list out some names here that are you know Enzo Fernandez Mudrick. Both twenty-two, Fafana twenty-two, Connor Gallagher twenty-three, Reese James twenty-three, still good. We all know how good he is. Xiao Felix twenty-three, Kai Havertz twenty-three, Mason Mount twenty-four, Kukure is twenty-four. So a lot of these like players that you know you're kind of relying on. They're young, they got experience, but and then at the end of the day, it also comes down to the the club as as a whole. It's had a lot of turmoil, managers everything that went down with uh, Roman Abramovich last year, it's its just, it, it hasn't been a great situation for Chelsea to really, you know, hold on to that reputation of a top club. 100%.
1: righty. let's move on from yeah. one club who's having some uh, manager issues to another club who is also on, well, basically their third manager now in Tottenham as uh, Tottenham, not a very good game against Newcastle and evidently that was the last straw for Christian Stellini and Stellini has been sacked and in comes none other than the guy who also replaced I believe it was Pochettino Ryan Mason so Ryan Mason comes in. oh no uh it was uh Jose Marino's who not Pochettino it was Marino but now they come in. Have, did you see that scoreline against Newcastle for them?
2: I did. It was disgusting. Five
1: goals in the first 21 minutes for Newcastle as they beat them six to one. Uh, Hugo Lloris is coming out here going, Oh, I'm sorry. What? Like, we, we talked about Chelsea here, who's in more shambles than Tottenham, but Tottenham should be a better side than this. What is going on here?
2: Well, in the Premier League, I've noticed some of these smashings for these top clubs happens from time to time. Like, I hate to bring up United, but they lost, what, 7-0 to Liverpool? It happens, where everything but just falls Newcastle. apart. But, I, I, to, to be fair, Newcastle's a they're third in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right? It's still Spurs not, are fifth. Newcastle's not Liverpool, right? New, Newcastle hasn't won, what, two of the last four titles in, in the Premier League? One. You know? one. But I, you're right. Yeah, they're a good yeah. team. They're a good team.
2: So I think credit goes to Newcastle for just being able to play their game. When you see a result like this, it comes really down to two things. Everything went right for Newcastle, and everything went extremely wrong for Spurs. Everything that can go wrong went wrong, and it's, and, you know, it's, it's, it was perfect, a perfect match from uh, Newcastle. And Spurs, once again, kind of like Chelsea, don't really have that identity. You know the, look at the lineup you had hunman's son harry kane kulishevsky your typical Hjorberg. Um, I um can't pronounce that name jesus christ Roy bear Roy bear <laughs> um and for newcastle all you need is joe uh murphy I, isak joe linton that's all you need um and fucking skinny ass long man dan, Byrne. <laughs>
1: dan <laughs> I'm burn i am curious where you're going with that um, um but he is, okay, so Ryan Mason now comes in for Stileni. This is the second time Ryan Mason has taken over in relief for a manager, mm-hmm. who Stelleni took over in relief for Antonio Conte, who we all thought was going to make uh, Tottenham better. He evidently didn't, as he then took the reins from Mason at the time, who at the time took the reins from Jose Mourinho, who at the time took the reins from Maurizio Pochettino. This is a long laundry list of managers who have been in and out and in and out and in and out. And you know who hasn't had a long list of players coming in and out and in and out is Spurs. Because you mentioned those guys like Youngman's son, Harry Kane. Those are players who – and the big players. Remember at the end of last year, the last game for Spurs where Harry Kane is clapping like it's his last time there and then he comes back and what happens? It's the exact same thing. Uh, like what? What's going on here? Uh, <laughs> Levy needs to do something, evidently, or just straight up leave. Yeah, We, yeah. we know this. Hopefully, this is going to be the last. Well, I, time.
2: I, 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 honestly don't see Daniel Levy leaving at all, considering all the money he's put into the club and building this new stadium, and
1: completely, completely. And that's the issue. That's the issue, though, right? So if it's been, if it ha- if it wasn't Pochettino if it wasn't Mourinho, if it wasn't Mason, if it wasn't Conte, if it wasn't Stellanian, and now if it's not Mason again, if these players are the same, and then you did also bring in some pretty good players in, Kulisevsky and Richarlison as well, Christian Romero a couple years ago as well, or a year ago, whatever. Also very good additions, but nothing's changing. You're getting pumped by Newcastle 6-1, and for half the season, Fraser Forster was your goalkeeper. What is happening? What, what are you going to do? Because there's youngman's son isn't going to take this for another two years. He's way too good to be here. and we all know again, like I said, I hope. I'm, I'm not I'm done with going, oh maybe it's his last year. I hope Harry Kane gets mm-hmm. the fuck out of there. Please leave. You are better than what you are enduring yourself to. And he will go, I'm sure it'll end up being United, he will go somewhere and be good on a team that he can be good on, and he's going to get said fruits of said labor. It's just sad to see what's going on almost in Tottenham, no?
2: Well, I think a big question now with Tottenham is, and something we haven't brought up, is that I believe they have just brought in a new chief football officer. Huh? Scott Munn. Is now the new chief football officer, uh, which will be, uh, I'm reading this off the BBC. Spurs have since appointed Scott as chief football mo- uh, football officer in a role, which saw him join the club's board as well, as taking charge of all footballing departments. So like a director of football, essentially. Which is So where important. was he before? Uh, I will take a look real quick, because uh, Tottenham dismissed Conte as their manager in late March, and um, they had uh, Patatici was also uh there and he i don't really know who this guy is He's banned <laughs> by fifa
1: <laughs> he was banned by fifa he was banned by fifa
2: yeah I-, I think this is the guy who was behind juventus's 15th point penalty <laughs> what the fuck stop and tottenham's bringing him in Tottenham acting head coach Christian Stolani says the resignation of managing director of football Fabio Paratici will not affect the team. The 50 year old lost his appeal against a 30 month ban, which was extended to have a worldwide effect by FIFA from Italian football. Paratici was banned after Juventus, where he was sporting director and managing director, where he was found guilty of false accounting.
1: <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? That's even worse. What do you mean? The, how is this getting any better? You sack your manager not once but twice in the season. You sack the uh, the interim manager, dude. You don't even find a new manager. You just straight up sack him. And then what else do you do? You bring in literal cancer into your front office. What are you doing? This is what I mean. This is why I, I know This is Dan, all, yeah, you, I'm
2: sorry. Sorry about to cut you out. This is all very confusing because they hired him in June 2021. Weird. So, this is the best option,
1: right? Weird, huh? That, but that's what I mean. Like that, Levy. This is why Levy needs right. to go. Like this is this this is just horrendous. You can't do that. And it's the uh, that that. This is what I mean. This is so wrong. Tottenham is doing it wrong, and I, I'll be very interested to see what happens in the offseason for them because, again, Kane's going to go. Does that mean Youngman's uh, son is going to go as well? Who else is going to follow? Uh, um uh I was going to call him Dijon Lover, and I meant to call him uh, Pierre Hoybear. but there's just a lot of players who I think will be out of the front door. Mm-hmm for Tottenham. righty, right, let's let's move on from London. Let's go north to Manchester here. In both Manchesters, I guess. Manchester United and Manchester right. City are facing off in the FA Cup final. A Manchester Derby for the FA Cup final. After, well, we all knew what was going to happen with City in their semifinal. But it was a very exciting semifinal between United and Brighton. But I think we both want to talk about this. And that is the play of a certain right back who has absolutely brought himself back into the limelight as a player who now is evidently worth his price tag in Aaron wan bissaka Aaron wan bissaka in January was basically one foot out the door trying to find a loan or maybe even a new team for the January transfer window. He has since become probably the best outside of Leecha and Raphael Veron, defensive players, or at least in the back line for United, and has absolutely been a rock for United in the last couple of weeks. How do you feel about Wambasaka's transformation here? And how do you think it kind of relates to United's success? Not right now, because we've seen United hasn't exactly had the best success so far in the last couple of weeks, but more in the future for United. And what do you see in the future for Aaron Wambasaka?
2: I think he's really solidifying that right-back position for United and just creating that competition with Diego Dalla, which is fine. And honestly, it's not, not really solidifying that position. It's just having options available in terms of depth. I think that's an issue right now for Manchester United is depth and having players fit for every match. Like, you know, you, you, players can get fatigued easily and have a, you know, two players who can play in that position is perfect. And, you know, I think, you know, James Madison said had high praise for Aaron Bissaka as well. Did you Good. see what he said? No. I believe this is the real account. I can't tell because it's Twitter and they took away verification. But
1: Fuck you, Elon.
2: Everyone follows him. So, Aaron Wambasaka is ridiculously good at 1v1 defending. Probably the best in the world, bar none. So many wingers run out of ideas when playing directly against him. From Aaron Wambasaka. And then Squawka responds, 2,100 players have attempted 100-plus tackles, in Europe's top five divisions since the start of the 17 18 season, Juan Basaka has been the best true tackle success rate. Where he's sure. uh, 571 attempted tackles, 449 tackles made, 66 fouls, 56 have only dribbled past him. Wow. He catches wingers like flies. That's why they call him the spider. Aaron Juan Basaka <laughs> is. Getting the love he deserves. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny. I think about this because ESPN the other day posted a photo of comparing – who do you think is better, Trent or Wambisaka. Aaron Wambasaka. Someone quote tweets them. Aaron Wambasaka has one good game and they're tr- comparing him to Trent again? Psst. No. No, it's because Wambasaka has been consistently good for a while now. Trent has been – you know, we've seen how he can defend. It's not pretty. Yeah, he's he can attack down the wing and – Pass beautifully he's a very intelligent footballer but his defending ability is it's, it's, it's not existent at times right like Cavarciali turned him into a donut in the champ.
1: <laughs> but did you not uh, did you see Wambasaka with the ball in that in that FA cup like he looked like Trent at times he looked very he, he has very a little cool. bit of
2: attacking ability he can he can he can push the ball up he's not afraid he's and quick i, I mean yeah. he's
1: evidently quick he has to be quick to play that that wing and play the wing like he does But he's really been using it more offensively, and you're seeing it now, and again, like you said, pushing the ball up, putting it into the box. He can play inside the box. And then if the transition's going the other way, you know he's probably going to be there. Matoma, who again has basically a a, a bachelor's degree in dribbling, didn't complete a single dribble past Aaron Wambasaka. It was closed down. Neymar exact same thing or Mbappe it was the exact same thing though I mean hey Matoma Mbappe a little bit different in, in in playing style but still and 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 skill but the constant between the two is Aaron Wambasaka. and it's been great because United is now having these injury issues so heading into the FA Cup final against manchester city who pep is now saying oh we're tired we're playing all these games we're exhausted blah 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 blah. You never really have to believe pep though he could be a very key piece in this fa cup if he can stay healthy and depending on who will be available for united because let's be real heading into this dar or yeah it's a derby it's a final but it's a derby heading into this final United doesn't have Lecha. They don't have Varan. Harry Maguire is out to lunch 38% of the time. It, it, it's just they don't look fantastic, and they might not. I mean, they might have to call Mengi to come in and play. It's not fantastic.
2: Where's Paul Jones at?
1: Well, and that's the thing. Liam, uh, on, uh, uh, on his show, he went on to say that The he went the next player for United, the next player up defensively is Phil Jones, and we saw how that worked last year, right? So, I don't know, it just seems like tough to say, yeah, 100%. You can't really be
2: relying necessarily on a a youth academy product to come through. I don't know if there's one available right now that you know, there's there's always someone, but like at this moment, you need to with where United are on the season battling for a Champions League spot. That's the main focus now for United because they're the Europa League which is, I would say, honestly, kind of a blessing in disguise. Really? As much as you want to win a trophy, you now have a little bit of a less management <laughs> games on your hand. The load management becomes a little bit more manageable. So, But, of course, that's kind of a poor excuse. It's like, oh, you should go for every trophy, and I'm sure you did want to. But there's you look at the pros and cons, right? Like, unfortunately, you can't go out and win a trophy, but now you can focus on the Premier League and you don't have the FA Cup until June th- or June third,
1: right? Uh, the other only other center back outside of Phil Jones and Victor Lindelof, we didn't mention Lindelof, is in fact Teden Mangy, mm-hmm. which is a shame. Aaron and McGuire. Uh, huh? Aaron Maguire. Well, we talked about Aaron Maguire too, but um, and then also Luke Shaw's been playing center back too. What are you uh, heading into the FA Cup though? How who, how are you feeling? What's your prediction for it? Uh, I know it's
2: um, it's just really early. It's it's tough to say.
1: uh, Is it too early? Come on, Waz. Let's be real here. It's Manchester City and Manchester United. Manchester United is not going to be healthy, and Manchester City is still going to be Manchester City, who's probably going to be coming off winning the fucking league. So, it
2: really Yes and no, because for that FA Cup final for Manchester City, will be a dress rehearsal for potentially the Champions League final. That too. So yeah. what
1: are the odds now that they can win a treble?
2: Very high, but that's also codependent on Arsenal, who may bottle the league, which I also think, you know, let's Arsenal fans calm down. All right. The season's not done yet. I understand, you know, you, yeah. I looked at <laughs> I the like, games played. It, it's a little tricky for Arsenal right now, but relax. Yeah, Relax but i don't know man I'll, I'll i i have to be a little biased here i will go 3-2 united in extra time wow. I, I can see like a marcus rashford winner and extra time and scenes and things you'll love to see this iconic celebration he'll do it looking at the Wembley crowd with with the Bruyne behind him but <laughs>
1: <laughs> now you're just painting way too much of a picture See, yeah. I am far from that I say 4-1 City I think it's just I, I'll be Really? Shocked. Wow I mean, yeah, United won the last Manchester Derby Fair enough But it's a different team eh, Not even different teams but, we, but we've seen United have Some bad results recently Or at least results that didn't go their way And we have also seen City become The city that we all expected mm-hmm. them to become So, it's a difference in the team, and again, United won't be healthy. But let's move on from England. Let's go, well, to the mainland, I guess. And against, we're going to talk about the Champions League here. I guess, You want to get into Champions League, or do you want to talk about
2: uh, Germany? Champions League first, because... Yeah. I I we're not I mean we can't we're not gonna do a full breakdown here, but I think it's fair to say that the Champions League quarterfinals did not go the way that some of us anticipated. For example, Bayern Munich Napoli. Right? Inter Benfica was actually closer. I just saw 3-3. I wasn't really paying attention to that one. The only two get matchups I really cared for were in Napoli, Milan, Bayern and City. And I don't know what happened to Napoli, but either injuries are catch up to them in some aspects because i men but also i think milan just figured out how to play them
1: yeah i and they were coming off of a, a recent matchup against each other too like these are teams who have played a lot against each other and again in the first leg you mentioned OC man he wasn't playing in that first leg he was out he was injured so i think they missed him i, I and we watched that game we were streaming that game too it they needed Osiman in that game and they didn't have him and eventually they how much they they only lost two one no right on in aggregate the, uh,
2: in the first or second leg
1: on the aggregate
2: Uh yeah yeah it was so closer than anticipated
1: and they scored in the first or in the second game
2: yes like, in the game that yes they, yeah they OC scored a ninety man, plus three. yeah at a time and who scored it Osiman. Hmm. Weird.
1: So now the question becomes <laughs> dependent a, a, de- here we go. Let's try that again. Uh, the question now becomes is a Napoli too dependent on OC B did Milan just end up catching them at the right time. I mean, obviously they, this is a two legged race between the two teams, but AC Milan still deserves their flowers. They won the Scudetto last year, right? Yeah. This is still a good
2: team. Tenali was fantastic. I thought that guy's so good. Holy shit! Who's that? Tenali.
1: Oh, Tenali! I, I was Tenali. like, what?
2: <laughs> excuse Just me. Win?
1: Yeah, no, uh, Sandro Tenali uh, is one of my f- favorite. Uh, CDMs in all of Europe I, I love him I think he can do so many different things He's a fucking monster too uh, Yeah, no he, he, You know, he he reminds me a lot of Casemiro too I think he just does hmm. A lot of things well, and I think he does a lot of things well with the ball and yeah. off the ball, too. But yeah, no, and I think he was a, a major factor in the uh draw between Milan and Napoli. I think he was a big draw in it or a big factor in it. The fact that uh, uh, Kurva actually had to do it basically by himself in the first leg, and uh, the thing too is Milan had a great lockdown plan. For Napoli in that first leg, Mm -hmm. they knew what they wanted to do. They give up opportunities for sure, but that was kind of their game. They wanted to kind of let Napoli play into their hand. And if I'm not mistaken, most of their goals were both goals basically came off the counter, if I'm not mistaken. So, or some form of counter. So, yeah, this is, you were really disappointed by Napoli, eh?
2: Oh, yeah. I think they they kind of, put themselves on a nice pedestal to be like that dark horse of the champions league. But to be fair, any of these Italian teams are considered a dark horse in my opinion. Um, you know, even this past weekend, I'm pretty sure they beat Juventus one nil. Yeah. So like, it's like Napoli haven't had an issue really, conceding goals it's more so i think the like, scoring part is dried up for them you know one mm-hmm. nil against juventus one one in the champions league with nil nil against Hellas verona they scored yeah. two goals against Lecce recently um the last time they scored at least i mean they scored four goals against torino back on march 19th and after that they lost four nil to milan in the syria so it's like the, goal, the scoring is just dried up and I, I i don't know maybe this is just a good opportunity for Napoli to get experience in the Champions League. It's it's, it's strange because even, even like Milan's side's a little bit more experienced. You know, you have like some druids in there. You know, Ibrahimovic helps especially in the dressing room. Like I I don't really know what happened to Napoli. It's really hard to for me to dissect. I'm I'm not you know an expert in Italian football. Mm-hmm. I'm not an I'm pundit. That's what we call it <laughs> gotta be cool. Right <laughs> Rocking My out. question
1: is, and, and yeah. this might kind of go to what you just said, and, and this might be a, a little f- forecasting, I guess, but what do you think happens with Napoli also in the offseason? Because it yeah. sounds like Osemane is probably going to be on his way out. There's no way Krivek Shelia does not have interest from elsewhere. This past year, basically, uh, Napoli had to kind of rebuild with them sending out Insigne and, and Koulibaly and I think man off the top yeah of my head. and you there. also
2: uh kim and jay who's got an interest
1: yeah yeah well yeah exactly they that's hey, what i um, mean well, and those are the three players basically who came in and stepped in for the players who they just tried to have to replace or sold right so what do you think is going to happen here in, in the offseason for napoli
2: i think they're going to try their best to hold on to their players i think uh their manager spalletti He's mentioned like how he's. They're not gonna just like you know rip apart the team. They're gonna try their best to kind of keep this core apart uh, for as long as they can, maybe for another season. especially with Cavaticelli and Osiman, and I think I think they really want to take another run of that Champions League, probably. Like they're gonna win the the Serie A. right? They're, they're playing the parade. It's it's happening. Um, so I mean, it's you know they, very... they they yeah they Be... they have a reason to celebrate at least this year, right? They, they're yeah i i'm pretty sure they're very disappointed with how the champions they ended up considering how they're how well they're doing in the league but at the end of the day you know barcelona i think might win the liga and they're not even the champ they're not even in europe anymore right like this happened Bayern munich for example they're 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 falling apart um so napoli i think should still be proud of themselves but they they might lose a player i think what they'll lose a core player right and the transfer window and i think the best bet is probably men but i know splat is gonna try his damn best to convince those players to stay
1: all righty you mentioned the team was let's get talking to them let's head to germany let's yep. talk about barn munich hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter
2: absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: And the fall of Bayern Munich, almost evidently in the Bundesliga as they no longer hold the lead in Bundesliga as Bruzia Dortmund. Now leads uh, the Bundesliga 60 points on top of the table. Second is Bayern Munich. And Bayern Munich may have lost Alfonso Davies for a little bit here as he did have to leave early in their previous game. Uh, I believe it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong here. I'm just going to try and pull it up before here. Uh, I believe they played. Oh, no, it was Mainz. I was going to say Hertha Berlin, so I was wrong. Uh, but in their last game against Mainz, uh, Alfonso Davies was subbed off early on with a hamstring injury. Is this the unraveling of Bayern Munich right in front of our eyes now?
2: Yes and no. Um, I think internally they probably have some issues. I I think I saw a report about Bayern Munich and you know you know Sadio Mane. It has not been a great time with him there. Um, I also yeah. If I'm looking at transfer news live tweeted this uh, apparently the source is Pletty goal so he's a sky reporter he says many changes are expected to buy munich this summer sadio Mane will leave if there is a good offer the management mm-hmm. believe he is neither demanding with himself nor efficient at the club Serge nabry is deemed to be out of shape by the management they're not happy with perform his performances since renewing his contract so it's expected he'll be sold and the management also believes the side are better without Thomas Muller. He could be losing a starting spot next year, which would be wild to think. Bayer, you know, to think that Thomas Muller may not be in a Bayern Munich uniform next season is crazy. That's yeah. when I think of Thomas Muller, I think of Germany and I think of Bayern Munich. I can't yeah. think of him at any other club. And I think you know the same could be said of like when Philip Blom was there. You know, Bosch Schweinsteiger to an extent. He ended up leaving from Man United, Chicago Fire, but. Man, if Thomas Moreau leaves, that's the end of an era. Yeah. yeah.
1: I And you know what? I heard earlier this year that maybe United might swipe him up too.
2: That'd be something. And also, yeah, people were responding to this. Like, no mention of Gretzka. Feels that the name Bayern fans mention the most about not deserving to be on the team. Um, what? I don't know. That's weird. Wow.
1: See, and, and I was actually going to mention Goretzka. Think of, think of those core players there. Like you mentioned, the core players at Napoli. Think about the core players at Bayern. You got uh, Kimmich, you got Goretzka, you mentioned Mueller, but I'm more thinking of the younger core that's going to be coming up in their next uh, generation, basically. Will Alfonso Davies stay too? Because apparently he's getting a lot of interest from other places, rightfully so. But <laughs> I think it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that they're. Maybe turmoil within the group.
2: Here, here's but a question:
1: Thomas Tuchel did mm-hmm. step in. They have won one match, maybe against uh, Freiburg. Other than that, two-one loss the game before in the Pocal to Freiburg, 3-0 to City, 1-1 draw to Hoffenheim, 1-1 draw to City, which was also evidently a 4-1 loss on aggregate to City, and then a 3-1 loss to Mines. And now people are going, whoa, 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 you just sacked Nagelsmann, and now you guys aren't doing anything that impressive with Tuchel. Evidently, now there may be some sort of turmoil what is, I, you said? Oh, maybe it's the downfall. This mm. seems like it might be.
2: Uh, it's, it's more so a transitional period, right? I'm like the, the the you know. Alphonse there's a Davies- difference
1: between a transitional period, though, was and and, and, and having turmoil. You can have a transitional mm-hmm. period, have issues, and move on. But if there's these things constantly happening, I don't know if it's a transitional period.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's 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 tough to say what happens with Bayern Munich now because you're no longer in the Champions League, right? Mm -hmm. That driving factor, that motivating factor is gone. You need to aim for the Bundesliga, and now maybe the question is being asked: Is that motivation, drive to win the Bundesliga again, still there for Bayern Munich? Hmm. It should be there. You would anticipate for these professional athletes, these professional footballers been winning for 10 years now they, yeah yeah we should always be motivated but you know Dortmund right now have a prime opportunity to really you know hold on to this top position and win a title and it's really Dortmund just need to really pounce on Byron's downfall right now the problem I find is that Borussia Dortmund always find a way to kind of shoot themselves in the foot yeah like they'll like they'll, they'll, they might lose a game here before the season done and then Byron wins a game and the table switches, so you know Dortmund need to be very focused here. They need to know, like, hey, we have a great opportunity to finally lift the Bundesliga title after 10 years. Give Marco Royce probably yeah. a nice send-off to his career because we know he's going to probably retire soon, right? A recent German international just retired, Jonas Hector. He's, like, 30. Oh. <laughs> the guy played at the 2016 Euros for Germany. And wow. I think at the World Cup, like, I don't know. So it's, uh, German footballers tend to, to kind of, I've noticed, retire a bit early. I feel like once they've, like, kind of done their thing, like, all right, I'm done. Like, Schweinsteiger retired a bit early. Philip Blom. Um, Tony Cruz is probably going to retire. I think he's retiring into the season, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, they just tend to retire early, I've noticed. I don't know if that's yeah. actually a common trend. So, but yeah. And, uh, Maybe Union Berlin comes out of nowhere and says, hey, we'll take second place. I mean, they've got 55 points.
1: I was going to say, they're only five points back from top spot. So that two wins, two losses each way, not too bad. The remaining schedule for Borussia Dortmund looks like this. Bochum on uh, this weekend, Wolfsburg and Gladbach and Augsburg, as well as Mainz, all in May. And then... uh, that wraps up their season. Honestly, that's all they have. So they have five games left in the year. Bochum, Wolfsburg, uh, Gladbach, Augsburg, and Mainz. And those teams aren't exactly... Mainz is the closest or the top team that they are playing in seventh. Wolfsburg is in eighth. Gladbach is in 10th. Augsburg is in 13th. And Bochum is in 15th. So that's Mm -hmm. uh, not a bad schedule if you're looking to win the Bundesliga, if you ask me.
2: And, um, yeah, no, no, yeah, it, it's it's possible. I mean, Borussia Dortmund's biggest challenge has always been Bayern Munich and that that head-to-head match. And usually it's it's that Bayern versus that Dick Classicer that really kind of, you know, gets Dortmund off the rails, right? Once yeah. you lose that, it's like, ah, well, that's Bayern's league. And I thought that was going to happen. I'm like, ah, yeah, it's over. All right, shut it down. <laughs> give the title to Bayern. Wrap it up in a gift. Good job, Dortmund. You fucked it again. But Dortmund are now back in. And they're in first, which is beautiful to see. And it's great for football and great for German football, in my opinion.
0: Um, Absolutely. uh,
2: So many people have been wanting to see Bayern fall and lose the title. And it's finally could happen. Small chance, but... Fingers crossed. I have a Dortmund kid. You know, I I, I was oh. I jumped on their bandwagon when they had you know Blachowiczki and Pieschek and Lewandowski, the, the Polish trio, yeah, legendary trio, know. man. They they were vibes. That team, Brad. I mean, I know you. When did you get into football?
1: Well, I got into football uh, at a very young
2: age. But like recently, was... did you get back into it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it was it was one of those sports. I
1: always kept tabs on football, but then it became, like, my number one sport again, like, very, like recently enough, like,
2: 2018. Bro, I'm telling you, go on YouTube and watch highlights of the 2011 Borussia Dortmund team. They were class. The streets will never yeah. forget. Gotze, bro, he was sick. Shinji oh, yeah. Kagawa at Dortmund. And then Marco Royce came in, and then they had Vlasikovsky, and then a Gun- young Elkay one, man. They were they were vibes. They they had great like just you know working class players, and Jurgen Klopp really got the best out of them. And oh man, like if I'm gonna bring up some names, uh, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Prime
1: gotza though, when gotza because uh, that was around when he won or scored the game winner. No, that was yeah, that was
2: 2016
1: that he was. 2014. Yeah, there you go. 2016 was an Olympic year. There we go
2: but yeah just if like Borussia Dortmund 2011 club profile i love transfer market cuz they can bring it up to you so the 2011 <laughs> 2012 Borussia Dortmund team roman Weidenfeller. god he was class at the time he was only 30 um marcel schmelzer was a great left back mats hummel's yes before he went to bayern when i thought he was at his best uh the brazilian felipe santana you know yet he had, he had the bender brothers Sven Bender, no, I think Lars Bender played for Leverkusen at the time. You also had uh, um, who else? Ivan Perisic was there. You had Ooh. Mohamed Zidane, which I don't know oh. if any relation to Zinedine, <laughs> Lucas Barrios, Paraguayan legend, Terrence Boyd. Well, Waz Terrence... going
1: through it right now.
2: Yeah, I'm where's just...
1: Boyd from? He that sounds hella
2: yeah you also had Gro- oh kevin grosskreutz this guy was a legend i mean God. he was kind of like one of those streets we'll never forget guys because ah. he was an extremely hard-working guy uh he played for the badge he won the world cup with germany and then his career took a huge fall from grace God. i think he went from the bundesliga to like the fifth division in like a span of yeah kevin grosskreutz man let me look at his fucking transfer history here
1: how is that possible so he, Did something he, happen? I, like I, I can't
2: remember. But in 2015, he went from Dortmund to Galatasaray. Then Galatasaray to Stuttgart. Then Stuttgart without a club. Then he signed for Darmstadt. And then he went to Darmstadt to a play, club called KFC Urdigen Excuse in 2018. Me?
1: <laughs> Bless they,
2: you. Yeah, they, they are KFC Urdigen. I, I'm, I'm butchering that. But they are a fifth-tier German club. And no next thing you know, he's he gets to transfer to i um, some other club in the fifth tier. Say it.
1: Say it. Tuss
2: Bungenhausen.
1: Yeah, that was worth it. That was worth <laughs> it. Uh,
2: I know him. I've got some German friends from Oilers Nation, so. but yeah, like I love him going on this tangent about Borussia Dorman because it's just they they were Vibes FC back in 2011 to 2013 when they went on that run of the Champions League. I cried when they lost that vinyl, bro. That's Did how you? invested I was in that team. <laughs> I'm I not kidding it. you. I, I I, I had a dream that they're winning the Champions League. I, I asked, asked Lucas back then, bro. I had a heart attack almost when they beat Real Madrid in the uh, semifinal. Yeah. Lewandowski scored a hat. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop.
1: <laughs> this guy's going through his war flashbacks. All righty, Wazzy. Let's move on then. If you're going to stop there, let's move on. Let's move on from Europe. Let's come here to North America. And this is mostly just kind of a story for me. Yeah. Uh, but I did mention earlier on that I was in Toronto just last week. And while we were in Toronto, Toronto FC happened to be facing off against. Atlanta United earlier we literally bought our tickets I think Hmm. that morning and we got row four in the corner I'll, I'll send you some videos if you want to put in here but they went down we just stepped into the stadium we were a couple of minutes late because of our uber couldn't find us but we got there in time oh no you know what it wasn't on the uber it was some idiot parked off on the road wrong spot whatever we show up in about the 10th minute. we That's when we sit down. And while I was in the washroom when we first stepped in, none other than Giorgio's Giomacos scored for uh, Atlanta United, putting them up by one. But you know who my favorite player on TFC is, right? He wasn't paying attention. He wasn't listening. So now he's trying to figure out what I just said.
2: Favorite player on TFC is jivinko <laughs>
1: <laughs> Almost. Uh no, it's uh Richie lorea And in the first half, Richie lorea gets a perfect ball from none other than Brunantes. Frederico finds him perfectly. In comes lorea lorea rips one into the net. Unfortunately, it wasn't ready in the uh, in net for uh, United, or uh, yeah, Atlanta United. I really want to see it, but Lorea rips it into the net and he comes and celebrates right in front of us great knee slide does all the emotes he possibly can it was a great night but what i really it it ended up a 2-2 draw tfc ended up tying it in the last kick of the game great great game
2: mm-hmm.
1: but the reason why i want to bring it up is again is just the experience of football in canada it, 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 you stepped into that place. And again, I, I stepped in, we th- walked in on like the opposite side of where we should have been. And I was using the washroom. First thing is stepped in. Like I mentioned, use a washroom, and all you could hear was the drumming from the section, the the supporter section. All they're they're doing is singing and thumping, and it's right above you. And everywhere you went in that stadium, the supporter section, there were flag, uh, flags waving around all over the place. There were singing all over the place. The section we were in, the people knew each other. They were all talking about, oh, last game. Oh, I've been here for X amount of years. I've been a season ticket holder for this long and blah, blah, blah. And it was packed out. Everybody was getting gear. Everybody, like, like buying stuff. Everybody was buying gear. Everybody was getting into the game. And it just, it, it's this was my second official MLS game, third MLS event. And was like, I I don't, you went to an MLS game. So I will talk about your MLS game here in a second, but uh, just being there from, and this was my first Canadian MLS game. It was such a good representation of the game in Canada that I want to go to more games. I want to see more TFC games, but it's so great to see the MLS represented and Canadian MLS represented so well Inside a stadium, outside of the stadium. We saw a whole bunch of TFC jerseys outside on outside of the game day, too. So I just really wanted to mention that because the MLS again, I'll always be a big supporter of the MLS and big pumper of MLS propaganda, I guess, because it's so underrated. And I don't know about your experience that you had with the LA Galaxy game, but it was just—it was such a good feeling to be at a, a football stadium and cheer on a Canadian football team.
2: Yeah, my my experience, our experience, uh, the 90th minute crew. Originally, we we went back in 2019. And it was awesome. We went to LA Galaxy. We wanted to watch the Latan, and fortunately, we got to see him score a bicycle kick. It was it was pretty sweet, you know, against New England Revolution. It wasn't like most exciting game in the world, but. I think it was interesting to see the supporters section for fir- the first time because I never saw that. We weren't in there, but you could see a bit of a – I think there was a bit of a fight breaking out. I have no idea oh, why, wow. but um, it got pretty fiery. Not crazy, but it was just a fun – I liked it. It was fun. I, I wish the game was more back and forth, but that's football. you know. Sometimes you have a dull match. And fortunately, I think they lost the game. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I, I don't – I know Zlatan left the pitch immediately. He did not go say and clap the supporters. He just left. Um, what else? But, um, I, LA the one they, are good, what? man.
1: Sorry, no, no. You go, you finish your thought. We'll go back to LA. I fans just um,
2: what caught me off guard about the MLS is how American it is. Actually, like that sounds silly, but you know, you you got fireworks going off after the national anthem like that doesn't happen yeah. here in uh canada for like cfl games i'm pretty sure in england and europe they don't do national anthems and in my opinion i think professional sports in north america could can do away with the national anthem i think it's a waste of time um but that's just me but uh yeah okay it was a good time. I, I just, I think the price of beer was expensive. Like it was 24 bucks for a beer. I think like,
1: dude, it was so bad. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That is the one thing about uh, America. Cause it wasn't that bad at, at the DFC game. I think it was only like 12 bucks, which isn't, so yeah. bad. but I, I went to the LAFC game. So, and I want to mention that too, because let's talk about uh, LA fans in general, but it was like 18 American dollars for a beer at the LAFC game. Now did I have 6 or 7 maybe, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> it was it, it's way too expensive. It's you know, it's crazy like that, but that's the American side of it, right? Like that it, you met it, it, they had a flyover for uh the LAFC game that I went to. The entire first half there was a helicopter just pacing around the entire time i think it was a camera i think for like cbs or fox or something but it was just always ringing around uh a lot of the announcing too was pretty americanized but yeah what i realized wasn't very americanized was the supporters was the fans and you mentioned the supporting or supporter section for uh at the la galaxy i'll talk about the lafc uh no, wild. first dude it was crazy it was they never stopped singing it was I like i watch lafc games on uh apple tv now and all their chants. i'm there and i'm singing it because you could not catch on to it because it was going on for 90 mm-hmm. straight minutes that you just found uh, figured it out you 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 realized what it was uh, the supporters were great uh, there's obviously there's a lot of heritage that comes with Los Angeles and 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 the heritage uh, especially and I found this with LAFC the, the the Latin heritage that they have and South American type football and and Central American and especially since Mexico is so close to there's that influence as yeah. well. I don't know how you felt with the uh LA Galaxy games but LAFC's supporters were just fantastic, so loud, so into it but I I, I kind of want to hear your side with that. Uh, do you think how do you feel about LA fans in general?
2: I think they're pretty awesome, especially from what I've seen from you and the, the on TV. I think they can get pretty passionate, and they bring that kind of Latin influence from yeah their culture, which is awesome. I think you know Latin football in general is fucking awesome. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's a party. That's what it is. You know, it's you compare you compare Latin football and football fans to you know England. It's different. I feel yeah. like I, I I don't know. I feel like. I, I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like when you watch, you know, especially in the MLS, you watch LA Galaxy or LAFC, And when the, the games matter a lot, it's it's a party. You know, they're always yeah. having a good time. So it, it's it a sucks. festival of the game. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Like I, 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 when I watch, you know, awesome supporters, like in the championship, for example, I don't view it as a festival. Right. right? It's it's weird. It's like more right. of a church. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Like no a cult. <laughs> careful yeah no you're right though no that's a that's a really good point that's a really good point german fans um, are
2: great who is german germany
1: oh yes german fans are fantastic um but uh just to wrap up on that note too uh i think with the, the oh no no what i did want to mention too is that fubo used to have like uh liga mechies on yeah. their stuff. And I used to watch the shit out of it. I love, I watched, I was a Club Tijuana fan. I would watch Club Tijuana football. They'd always have a certain game. I remember last year when we would come back from uh, out, our outdoor season, which we will get into our uh, Sunday league uh, in just a second year. But I remember coming back from Sunday or Sunday league games and getting ready for the shower. And there was just like Shivas and Club America <laughs> playing. And I'd just be <laughs> sitting there at like 9.30pm like half naked. to into- <laughs> Now we're running, going, oh, come on, it. Like it was, it was great. All you heard was the the drumming and the singing. It was amazing, and yeah. I, I hope. And this the reason why I bring that up mostly is because Fubo, bring it back. Let us watch it again, please. So sorry, uh, that was just.
2: Mostly. So you telling listeners and viewers that Liga MX Mechies deserves more love. Yes, a
1: hundred percent. Oh my god, a hundred percent. It is. Uh, so electric to watch it is so electric but alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with our conversation about of course it's a sunday league It's as always with our sunday league as you mentioned earlier was our sunday league schedule has been released we're mm, yeah. getting a little jittery but before we get into that and we do have another story as well pertaining to uh soccer inside of our sport or inside of our city i should say but Before we get into that, make sure that if you have any stories around your Sunday league or the teams that you play for, any games that you've been to or anything like that, make sure you hit hit us up on our social medias at the 90th minute. If you don't already follow us, just look up the 90th minute on basically all of your social medias. We'll be there. But make sure you message us your stories and we will read them here on the podcast as we are doing the show and we may feature one of your stories. But... Let's get back into our Sunday league, as you mentioned, Was Our season is dropping on May 9th, right? May 9th? Yeah, May 9th. 9? Dude, I am I am getting excited, really. because But you mentioned the cardio. I don't know if my cardio is going to be... Well, I thought about
2: that, too, and I remember last year that my cardio was pretty shit going into the season as well, and I still mm. somehow managed to get through it, and maybe I just got... Go for more runs and more footy mm-hmm. practices as the season goes on. But like I remember last year, I played our first Sunday match, and I don't think we had subs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: like the nice about outdoor outdoor footies, you can kind of control how much you run. It's not as yeah. fast paced as indoor, uh, especially at our division. So. Yeah. I'm gonna look at um our division real quick here. And it's like I remember last year, it was like middle uh early May, we came back, and the thing is, I recently just had COVID at the time. Oh, so my yeah. lungs were kind of went through something. So yeah, um our first game is uh yeah, May 9th, 7 o'clock. We're playing a club called Minty Fresh. We played them last year, too. I think so. We also have a Sherwood Park Tropics, which uh, Liam Herobin here on the night has been, also plays on. Yeah,
1: and we're playing against Liam We Herobin. also have
2: Slushy FC.
1: I feel like I've heard of them before. I,
2: I don't know if I've ever heard of those guys. But
1: but I, I wanted go- to mention, though, Wazzy, I think what we should do is we should be bringing a camera to our game against Liam Herobin and have That'd a little great. bit of a SLP versus the yeah. extra
2: time deal. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to take a look of if, if, if any of these teams of. Have...
1: Maybe we'll have a little wager too. We'll yeah, have a little we'll slushy, in
2: slushy FC. I'm not sure if the this might be their first year, which I hate this because sometimes in these uh local leagues in your city, when you're in the lowest division, sometimes a team will just pop out of nowhere with like who just want to like climb the ranks. Yeah, which fucking sucks for teams like us who like just want to play because they're <laughs> like, oh, we're gonna crush everyone because we know we're good. Yeah, like, yeah, that's when you, you. start two footing people. Yeah. Um, Fuck you
1: but it, it seems like we are going into the season with a uh issue that we haven't had at all, and that is potentially a lot of goalkeepers here, right? Yeah, yeah, because last year, uh, our goalkeeper, great goalkeeper, he is a really good goalkeeper, but. Uh, sometimes we, it's just like all of us. Sometimes we just have other commitments. We couldn't show up and then Liam would have to, Liam Peace would have to go into the thick ginger, would have to go into, um, uh, net for us. And he's a good goalkeeper too, but I love having him up there out front in our outfield. So it was, now it seems like we might not have one, not two, but potentially three goalkeepers that could be helping our team here.
2: Well, hopefully because last season in Outdoor, our Sunday league team only scored sixteen goals and we can see it at eighty-six. Hey, it's not a hundred. <laughs> it's not a hundred. I, I want to score
1: a goal this year. Do you think yeah, I can?
2: You probably could, depending on the team. Uh Minty Fresh finished uh fourth in our division with uh nine wins. So, you know, um all right. But I'm interested to see how some of these other teams will play out. I know Sherwood Park Tropics, we played his team before an indoor the year before you joined and they weren't great. No offense, Liam to be fair. They had commitment issues kind of like us. Ah, so, but I I, I just hope for us, our sake, there's more beatable teams that are kind of around our level. You know, every division has a couple teams that kind of just beat the piss out of everybody else. Yeah. And especially like division four, where we were at, uh, and I also yeah. have to put, like, a recruitment post because I think we need to find some more players. Um, so, Slushia, yeah, you got Hussar, you got Korea, Western Eagles, not what, else? I know what that could <laughs>
1: um, But uh, before we move on to our final piece of business here, yeah. Waz, you play right back. I am a central defensive mid for our team. What are your expectations for your position this year? I you probably played, will. Huh? Please, for the love of God. Can you, for me personally, for you this year, figure out where the ball is dropping, please?
2: <laughs> That's hard for me, honestly. I um, know because the my amount of times watch the ball to sail
1: over your head
2: is immense. Do maybe an overlapping run or going forward at least once. Okay. If, no, because I'm being honest, I probably will likely only go up to our halfway line. Back. <laughs> That's too much running, man. I'm good. I, you know, I got yeah. Knowing, knowing us, we're going to be hemmed into our zone the whole time. Yeah. So. yeah.
1: Just get the ball to Hunter, and it's fine. Yeah. Um. And for me, I, I, kind of similar. I always talk. I just, I want, you know what I want? I, I really want either a goal or, like, another bar. I just yeah. want to hit a, a post or something. I want it to be close. Because <laughs> my type of game is very defensive. I tackle a lot. I Recover balls I can get uh, uh, I'm very good in that sense But there's just I want to be a little more offensive And maybe even an an assist would work I I would be okay with an assist That's what I really want to work on Is just my my ball movement But Mm -hmm. let's wrap up with an event That we went to recently Here in the city And that is the Mini World Cup The Mini World Cup is an event That is ran every year here in Edmonton With all bunch of different countries and it is an exciting time. We went to the final between India and Scotland. And man was it fantastic. Wazi, you got a bunch of footage from it. You posted some videos as well around it. But I mean, you why don't you kind of take it away on, on the mini World Cup here?
2: Yeah. So um the Mini World Cup final, Lieutenant, was awesome. Like the, the atmosphere is great and just generally, a uh, fun it was a great match. It was a 4 4 went to penalties. There's some awesome goals for like you know a local event in your city that's football oriented. It's perfect, like you know, it's it, the only issue is just finding a place to sit, I guess, because it gets so packed. And <laughs> the viewing era is not the best. And it, it was funny seeing people potentially almost getting arrested or getting handcuffed because they were sitting like standing behind us, yeah. but it's a safety hazard, apparently, right? Too many people, too much weight will bring it down like i don't get because you have so many people sitting on never mind
1: but it um, was crazy though like you bring that up like okay yeah. so we showed up game was at what seven o'clock yes we showed up at five forty-five, and the doors weren't open yet and there were still other people who were there before us and so we showed up we walk in at six o'clock get to our seats and we waited And everybody started, like, peeking in. There were people who came and sat in front of us and went, this is busier than we've ever seen it. Like, normally they were there when they showed up at their normal time and were able to get our seats with the back support at the the back. They weren't there on time Mm. and they were sitting in front of us. The people were... It was packed in the bars and you mentioned Behind us at the bleachers So with uh the, the soccer Centers that we have here, there's bleachers At each of the uh, mm. Rinks that there are, but then there's Like chain link fence at the back of Each row, so yeah. then you can kind of Stand at the top and see just over Top and see the field, and that is Where people were lining up behind Us to catch this game, and that was Where, like, security was going up And going, oh, get down, get down, blah, blah, blah But like they said, there was like 70 people all on those back bleachers uh, what were they going to do they they couldn't so, do anything yeah they just move up
2: on it which is fair like what are you going to cause a fucking riot yeah because literally. people are trying to watch a game that they they paid money to go into the facility which i mean in the same sense okay if you're paying to come into our facility you're also abiding by our rules like they do have they do have rules right but
1: understandable but don't well, oversell look, the okay. game then
2: yeah yeah i mean look i worked at these facilities i mentioned this like for like at least three years three and a half years um working in that tournament can be a pain in the ass for an employee because you have to be kind of like a karen yeah and, for example like you know before the final there'll be times where people are trying to watch the game by standing up there i'm like i have to go to i'm like hey you gotta get down and people are like why i'm like bro it's my job i don't know it's a safety right. hazard apparently and people will be a pain in the ass and then yeah like i it sucked for me because i don't want to be that guy who gets verbally abused for something like that even like for the players there's a rule which we they don't enforce this during the regular seasons but you have to go to players who are warming up in the hallway it's like hey you have to go back in your dressing room you can't be out until five minutes remaining and they're like (laughs) why what the fuck i'm like bro i don't i don't make the rules it's a rule. I don't want to get in trouble. I mean, it's trouble.
1: a dumb one, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And the, that was the thing, too, is that they it wasn't an employee who was going over there and saying anything. It was a security guard. Yeah, yeah. And Then at one point, like, I looked back there, and he had his handcuffs out, and he had like a baton out. And, you're like, and honestly, you can doing? I be honest?
2: These security guards probably don't want to arrest anyone. They probably also no. think these rules are dumb.
1: Yeah, 100%. I like, like, honestly they're put into a bad situation because like you said, they don't want to, I mean, that's, that's an arrest. That is paperwork that they have to fill out. That also is a whole process
2: working there as a football fan sucked because I love the culture of the sport and sometimes felt like the facility managers didn't give a shit about that. They only cared about the rules, the money, which is fair. Like, they're not football fans. None of them were. Like yeah. they probably can't name a single Premier League team, I won't lie, <laughs> and they b- probably tune into one World Cup match. And it's like, you know, I remember this one time I was working there, and these Bosnian supporters were chanting and they were, you know, bashing—not bashing, but stomping their feet on the stands. Yeah. And my supervisor was like, "Hey, tell them to go stop." I'm like, "Yo, no. those are Bosnians, and they—they <laughs> they look like they'll—they'll they'll say some things to me. I can tell." <laughs> so, instead, my man, my supervisor kind of decides, okay, I'm gonna go tell him whatever, and then she goes there. And she's like, no stomping, no stomping. She walks around, and then I think one of the guys said, like, you you bitch or something like that. Just like absolutely, like just uh, yeah. It's yeah. unfortunately they want you to be a goody two shoes, and you can yeah. be loud, but don't be too loud. I'm like, go to which Europe is and
1: weird. Go. Because I I and uh, let's wrap this up because yeah, now yeah, we're yeah. getting
2: just a little
1: personal, but I played ball hockey there at uh, the the soccer centers for fifteen years for a yeah. long time. And it was like some of the stuff that would be happening in those stands were crazy. Again, bumping uh banging on stuff like yeah no 100 percent. and the weird thing is is that for hockey like i remember i didn't stand up in the stands when i would go watch games i would stand down at the bottom where the cutout was and watch the yeah. game there so yeah no, no it's, you're it's not just, supposed to do that
2: either brett you're not supposed to do yeah. that either
1: oh i know yeah but alrighty, we're we're getting a little too past the the game here in sunday league bunded so let's wrap it up there this has been a long one so thank you for joining us all the way through here you you can find us on social media if you haven't already at the 90th minute. Well, just look up the 90th minute. We have uh, the 90th minute official, the 90th minute underscore. So just look up the 90th minute and you will find us there. Remember to send us your Sunday League stories, and they we will probably end up reading them here on the podcast as well. So send us yes. your stories. And there. also,
2: just to say uh quickly. I, I'm, we, we hope to have another podcast out next week. Our schedules are a little weird due to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. So that's why we didn't have one last week. So don't worry. We're trying to be consistent. It's just work sometimes. Edmonton yeah, Oilers, conflicts. Maybe.
1: Also, before we do move on, let's talk about some content too before we move on. Our final episode of this FIFA career mode will be coming out soon, but we have already been in the works for our next FIFA Series. This one's going to be fun. So I, I'm really looking forward to this one, Waz. Uh, I'm putting a lot of work into this one Thank already God, for a little beautiful. prep, but it is going to be fun. So look out for that. Look out for our season finale as you may find out where rasta ended up signing with the premier league so let's wrap up there was this has been a fun one thank you so much everybody for joining us make sure you find us on social media at the 90th minute until then stay safe don't do anything i wouldn't do